says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives marked by the godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Everyone, welcome home. Grab a seat. Ah, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Everyone that's watching from home in their pajamas, uh, welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms at home, my mom specifically, who uh, is still kind of working through um, uh, post-op surgery on her foot, and so just keep her in your prayers. Um, but mom, I love you. You're the best. And I'll see you this afternoon, and we're going to have lunch, so it's going to be great. Um, but happy Mother's Day to everyone. Make sure you grab some iced coffee on the way out. This was just so good. Um, I was out there thinking, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, and it's just amazing. So i um, grateful for that. Uh, second announcement real quick. Our, our practicing prayer night tonight is postponed till next week because of Mother's Day, and so don't come tonight. We've got a Mother's Day celebration this past Sunday at our practicing prayer um, night, someone said, hey, what about Mother's Day? And I'm like, whatever, moms can come if they want. And I realized quickly that that was the wrong answer, okay? <laughs> and so, um, so listen, we're going to honor moms tonight. We're going to honor um, the, the, the people who created us, literally brought life to us, um, and we're going to remember them well. And so don't come here tonight. If you want to pray, please pray from home. Pray for everyone, um, but, but we'll be back next week. And last thing, just a quick announcement before we begin. Last week we had our, uh, our bake sale. Does anyone remember the bake sale? I had this piece of cake that Melanie Sos made, and it was worth every calorie and also every penny, okay? And I crushed it in one serving, and it was so, so good. But here's the celebration. Y'all were so generous, so generous, so much so that over $1,400 was raised last Sunday to send our church kids to camp. And so praise the Lord for that. And I know that, that, there, are, that there are families that are really going to benefit from that gift and that blessing. And so thank you for that. And I hope those carbs were good for you. And I hope the carbs at uh, Community Time with the cinnamon rolls were good too. All right. Are you feeling good? Everyone's good? Okay. So happy to see you. Uh, all right. So as we continue on in week two, practice of prayer, I, I'm, I'm brought back to something that I noticed a few weeks ago with my kids. And, and maybe it's Mother's Day, I don't know, but it's just like, but, but there's something I just noticed about, about my kids. And, and the reality is I love being a dad. Um, it's amazing. And I love my kids, and I love being their dad. And, and over the past couple years, um, to see them grow up from basically being like blobs on the floor, right, that require assistance, my assistance, our assistance in every single area of their life. Um, to, to becoming like these wobbling little people with very few words that, that, that we had to constantly keep away from anything breakable because everything that is breakable, they would choose to break and they would be gifted at it, right? So from being blobs to being wobbling toddlers to now they're like growing into these smart, funny, independent, dynamic kids with their own thoughts and loves and favorites. It, it's just 
it's just incredible. And, and something I've noticed recently is as they're getting older, as they're growing up, is that not only their bodies are getting, are getting bigger, but so is their vocabulary. It's expanding along with their ability to communicate. Where even just a few months ago, our talking was very, was very one-sided. It was like, hey, dad, another banana, right? Or hey, dad, I want to watch another episode of Bluey. Or dad, I don't want to go to bed yet. And this was our reality for, for literally years since they were alive. Conversations were like a series of directives and demands. They were one-sided. But somehow now, the directives have slowly begun to shift to be actual dialogue between us, from directives and demands to dialogue. And, and let me just say, please don't hear me say that directives are bad, because they aren't. They're great. They're really important. It's, it's important for me to say, Ford, my eight-year-old, stop throwing stuff at your sister. That's an important thing to say, right? Or River, my six-year-old, that is a permanent marker. You need to be careful, okay? There are things that we need to say clearly. Directives are important and effective. But in a relationship, directives just aren't enough. In a relationship, we need more than just requests, more than just commands, and more than just complaints and instructions. Relationships need dialogue, right? They need back and forth, engaging and, and processing what the other is feeling and, and, and going through. And y'all, what's so cool? Okay, back to the beginning here. What's so cool is I'm finally beginning to experience these types of actual conversations with my kids as they grow. Like the other night, I was sitting with Ford. Again, he's eight. And I was sitting with him before he fell asleep. And, and we're just kind of hanging out. And he, and he's and, and he starts with the directive to me, I don't want to go too bad. And instead of me coming back with another directive like, too bad, kid, I'm the parent, you're this, you know, whatever. Instead, I was just like, okay, well, well, let's talk for a bit. And you know what? We did. We talked. A dad with his kid, we talked about all sorts of stuff. I asked him about his day. I asked him about his friends and school, and he went on and on about his buddies and the games they would play at recess and how he doesn't always like hot lunch because it's messy and how second grade math is just really easy for him and he gets bored. And, and I'm like, awesome, Ford. Thanks for sharing. And, and as I was kind of internally preparing for my next question, my next directive to him, because this is what our pattern has always been, he did something that just caught me. He said, he said, well, Daddy, how, how was your day? <laughs> I was like, um... I was like, it, it was good. Um, thank you. Thank you for asking. And then he asked another question. He was like, hey, Dad, you know, I, I know that you love your mama the most. I know that you love mama the most, but who do you love second most? And I said, well, that's a great question. You're right. I do love your mom the most, but it's a tie for second, okay? I love you and River tied for second just after your mom. And he smiled back, and he just says, I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. Before jumping back into just this elaborate discourse about Super Mario Brothers and Roblox and Minecraft and all the unique advantages of each of those games. And listen, it was a really, it was such a sweet time, the dialogue the conversation we had before bed. And I think what was most meaningful when I look back at that moment 
is that I was no longer just talking at my son or just talking to my son. I was talking with him. I was talking with him, and it didn't happen overnight, right? And it, and it wasn't some rigid script or conversation cards to get things going. No, it was just the simple compounding of moments together. The compounding of moments together that have now led to a relationship of trust and love and transparency where he knows that I am listening. He knows I'm listening and he knows I care. He knows I love him and that I'm present. He knows that I'm interested in who he is and what he's going through. And this consistency, this consistency in moments, it, it brings about a confidence in him when we talk now for who he is to me and who I am to him. Now, now what am I getting at? Well, last week we started this discussion about practicing prayer and how prayer at its foundation, at its core, is simply talking to the God that we know. It's talking to the God we know. And we started this practice looking at what Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer as a foundation to get the conversation started. I'm just going to read this to you. It's, it's this from Matthew chapter 6. It's, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is how Jesus told us to pray, to talk to the God that we know. And we broke this prayer down into six, six pieces that when we, when we pray, we must first remember identity. Identity comes first, that God is the Father, our Father in heaven, and we are his kids, a father and his kids. And then we must allow that identity to inspire and affect every word that comes after. It has to inspire our adoration. This was number two. Our adoration, hallowed be your name. Our focus, your kingdom come, your will be done. Our requests, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Our confessions, forgive us our debts. Our protection, lead us not into temptation. Our Father in heaven. And this is how Jesus tells us to start the prayer, from identity to adoration, focus, request, confession, and protection. Well, today, as we, as we continue this conversation on, on prayer, we're going to be leaning into what comes next with God, what comes next in our conversations with God, that as we grow up, just like me and my boy, as we grow up in our faith and in our relationship with our Father in heaven, we're not only talking to the God we know, one-sided directives. We're also talking with the God who listens. We're not only talking to the God we know, but talking with the God who listens. An honest dialogue, back and forth, just like kids with their dad. If there's one thing I need you to know today, it's this. We can talk with the God who listens. The God who listens. Proverbs 15 says it like this, that the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. This is a promise to you. God is listening. Your God is listening. He, he wants to talk with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to answer your prayers and keep his promises to you. God has so much to share. 
so much to say with an unlimited capacity to listen, and this is what is available to you as his kids. This is what's available to you as his kids. You can talk with a God who's always listening. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Amen? Still, even, even with this amazing opportunity and this reality that now lies before us, I, I think for some of us, for any number of reasons, this, this, this reality of talking with God, a God who listens to us, can be just a bit of a stretch in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. It could be a stretch in our understanding. In our, so, so, so where do we start in this, in this intention? How can we begin to practice and settle into this type of communication with God? To pray beyond the script, really. To pray beyond the script by talking with a God who listens. How can we get there? Well, I've got four things for you, real quick. They're not even quick. They're actually quite a bit, so I hope that you had your coffee. I've got four suggestions that I want to throw past you. These are things that, that work for me. I can't force you into these things, but these are my suggestions. These are your decisions then. And so four things that I think will help grow and mature, mature our relationship with God. Four things are gratitude, lament, petition, and intercession. Say that with me real quick. Gratitude, lament, petition, and intercession. And while there are, the reality is there, there is no replacement or substitute for time in growing or maturing a relationship. It takes the consistent compounding of moments to learn how to best communicate with someone, right? To speak and discern what the other is saying. It takes time. But these four steps right here will help us use our time well to get the most out of our moments with God in prayer, the God who listens. Gratitude, lament, petition, and intercession. Let's start with gratitude. So gratitude, specifically in prayer, is simply thanking God for what is good. It's thanking God for what is good in and around you. And if you take a look, I put this on your chair once again. I put these on your chair almost every week. On the back, I've got your cheat sheet here for these four points. Okay, so grab one. Make sure you bring it with you. This is something you can take with you as you go. That gratitude is thanking God for what is good in you and around you. And this first step, I would say, is crucial in talking to, with a God who listens because from the very beginning, it takes your eyes off of you, off of your wants, off of what you think you need, and instead puts it back on, on him, your good father, who is faithful takes it off of you and back to him who is loving and has come through time and time again on your behalf. Guys, gratitude brings people together and it strengthens bonds of relationship like nothing else. In fact, um, there was a study that came out in, in 2014. I'm sure that it's been updated from here. But it concluded that the practice of gratitude is essentially the glue that binds adults into meaningful and important relationships. They go on to say that conversely, someone who does not pause to feel and express thanks or gratitude is more likely to experience loneliness. And, and I know this might sound overly simplistic, but this is how God made you. God made you and created you to live lives of gratitude. Because when you do, your relationships grow deep and strong. And so when you pray, when you talk to the God who listens, start with a time of just saying thank you. 
If you want to grow in your relationship and your communication with God, start by just saying, thank you. Thank you, God, for all you see that is good. Thank God for all you have that is good. Thank God for all the good happening in and around you. And this, this time of gratitude, it, it can be kind of, it can be mushy and deeply emotional, or it can be extremely practical and observational. From, from like a good cup of hug from your spouse to another day that your car gets you to work to a deep breath after seasons of wearing masks, whatever it is that's good, see it acknowledge it, and thank God for it. I love how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 111. Check this out. He, he, writes, he, checks, he writes all these amazing details of gratitude and thankfulness. He writes this. He says, Praise the Lord! I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord! All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. Thank you, God. He causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives, us, he gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. Verse 7, all he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Could you catch that? Like, what a spread of gratitude, right? He went, he went deep. He was like, thank you, God, for your amazing deeds. Thank you, God, for your gracious mercy. Thank you, God, for giving us food to eat, daily bread. Everything you do is good. Praise you forever, y'all. Gratitude. From the psalmist to this moment right now, gratitude is good for you. And we know it because it literally helps you see the good in you and around you. Gratitude is good for you. So how, how can we begin to be more grateful? and to, to express our gratitude, both to God and to one another. How can we do this? Well, something I've been doing lately, and this isn't prescriptive again, but it's just describing how I've been applying some of this, is I've been trying to take daily prayer walks around this area and our city. And when I do, I, I try to give myself like 45 minutes or so, get my steps in, right? But when I do, I, I just look around. Whatever it is, I just thank God for what I see. And I know it might sound a little overkill, but I wanna live a life of gratitude. I want to live a life where I'm grateful for the things that are in front of me. And so, and so when, I, when I'm walking down Community Ave here and I see this extra wide sidewalk, you know what I do? I just praise God for that sidewalk. I'm serious. When I see flowers, when I'm walking around the neighborhood and I see flowers blooming, I'm just like, thank you, God, for these flowers. Thank you for photosynthesis, God. Thank you for all the systems that you've created the whole world together with. Yo, when, I'm, when I remember the Claritin that I took that morning to prevent all the flowers that are blooming from driving my allergies crazy, you know what I do? I just say, thank you, God. Thank you for science. Thank you for antihistamines. Thank you for this beautiful day. And, and, and you know, I try, to do it at, I try to do it at home, too. It's not always easy, but I try. Like, when I'm still awake after Becca has already gone to bed, I, I look over at her beautiful face, and I say, thank you, God for making my life so much richer with her in it. 
And then I'll say, thank you, God, for this cookie I'm about to eat at 11.30. Thank you, God, for electricity and mattresses and separate rooms for the kids to sleep in. And the list, friends, it can go on and on and on if you just open your eyes to see the good. Just open your eyes to see the good. And from there, after you see the good, just throw it all back to God in praise. This is, this is the practice of prayer right here. See the good and throw it back to God. This is the practice. In fact, let's, let's try it right now as, as we talk to the God who listens, right? The, the God that we know. So just real quick, just from, from there's no barrier here. What, what are some of the things that you're grateful for today? What do we want to thank God for? Shout it out, come on. Your nephew, all right. Would you say food? All right, there we go, there we go. Anybody on here? Your son, oh, yeah, good, grandkids. Okay, cool. Luke, I know you got something, what you got? Oh, yeah, come on, good answer. Frisbee golf, oh, everything, yes. Y'all, yes, here we go. You. Oh, Doug. Mm-hmm. Mm. My heart just beats, Doug. Everyone in the room must say their mom as well, right? Grateful for their mom. But what else? Friends, this is the first step in a conversation with God, the God who listens. It's gratitude. It's gratitude. Philippians 4 says it like this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. We need to thank God for all he's done. Effective prayer starts with gratitude, okay? That's first. Second practice to growing in our connection with a God who listens is is something called lament. And lament essentially means grieving what is wrong in and around you. So if gratitude is, is thanking God for what is good in and around you, lament is grieving what is wrong. And I know this might be, a, some of us might be a bit reluctant to jump right into the lamenting to God part of prayer because it might seem like just another word for complaining, right? And we don't want to seem weak, and we don't want to seem like we're complainers, like we don't trust God, like we don't think he's good. But listen, our God is durable, okay? Our God is durable, and he wants to hear what's wrong. He wants to hear what's wrong in you and around you. He wants to hear it. So much so that he actually included a whole book in the Bible to teach us how to do it well called Lamentations. You should read it. You should check it out if you have any questions about if God wants to hear from you the things that you see that aren't right. Because, friends, this world is not perfect. The world is not as God wants it to be yet. And believe it or not, God wants us to see that disconnect. He wants to see it and be grieved by the brokenness that we see. But he doesn't want to just internalize it. He doesn't want us to just hold on to it forever. No, he wants to hear about it from us. He wants to hear all about the things that grieve our heart and our mind and our spirit. James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Because he wants to know what hurts you. He wants to know what hurts you. But, but as you talk with him, he also wants you to know that he's with you in it. He's there with you in it, and he's listening. That he loves you and wants to lead you through not only the moment and the emotions, but also the circumstances and the situation. God is listening, so tell him what's wrong. 
God is listening. Tell him what's wrong. Again, the psalmist writes this in Psalm 42. He, he writes, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When, I, when can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? Verse 4, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amidst the sound of great celebration. Verse 5, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why am I so discouraged? This is in the Bible. Why is my heart so sad? Ask the Father. Ask the Father. Why do bad things happen to good people? Ask the Father. Lament what is wrong. Bring it all back to God. If you're having a hard time in your marriage or your relationship, lament it. Bring it back to God. If you're overwhelmed by the current state of politics or social progress or, or global conflict, lament it and bring it all back to God. Whatever it is you're experiencing that grieves your spirit, bring it to the Father because he is listening. Do not internalize it. It's time to vent. Get it out. God is big enough. God is strong enough. God has thick enough skin to hear it and handle it. If you've got something on your heart and mind, get it out. It's time to lament, and this is the practice of lament and prayer. Open your eyes to what isn't right. See what's wrong in and around you and bring it back before the Father. This is number two. Now, number three, it connects directly. So, so after you see what is wrong in and around you, once you see these disconnects, number three is you just need to ask God to do something about it. And this is what we call petitioning God. Petition. And, and, and here's the thing about petition. When you talk with God, the God that you know, the God who is listening, and, and you bring your petitions, what you're really doing in this moment, it, it's not just asking for random stuff or asking, asking for like relief to some abstract situation. That, that's not what petitioning is. A petition is actually so much greater than a simple request because what you're doing is you're asking God to keep his promises to you. Psalm 119 says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. And I love this part because, because through our petitions and what we're asking God to do is simply be God in our circumstances. Through petition, what we're asking is for, for God to just be God in our situations, to be God in our problems, in our pain. And you know what? God wants to be God in your life. God wants to move in your moments. God wants to meet you and lead you and bring you to peace. God wants to give you something to be grateful for. And this isn't a prosperity mindset either, by the way, though I do believe God wants his kids to prosper under his kingdom come and his will be done. This isn't a prosperity mindset. It's simply God keeping his promises to you like a good father to his kids. And oh man, God has made some promises. When we look to the Bible, when we look to the scripture, we see all of God's promises that he makes. God promises to give you wisdom when you need it. God promises to fill you with overflowing hope, even in times of hardship. God promises to bring you joy and fill you with power to be faithful, just like he is faithful. 
God promises that he can be trusted and that he has a plan for your life. God promises that one day he'll make all things work together for good for those who love him and, and that all things one day will be made new in his image. He promises that he's always near, that he'll never leave or forsake you. And these are, these are just some of the promises that God wants you to give back to him in prayer. God wants you to speak these things back to him in prayer. It reminds me of the other night, we were having some, Friday night, we were having some new friends over for dinner. And as we were wrapping things up, River walks over and she says, she says, Daddy, it's time for dessert. And I want you to know that I was waiting for her to ask. More like direct that moment, right? I was waiting for her to ask. Why? Because the night before, they both, Ford and River, both asked for dessert. And I said, no, listen, it's just a little too late. You know, I, but I promise you can have some ice cream tomorrow. Just, just ask me. I promise. Just ask. And the whole day I was waiting for them to ask. Not because I forgot what I promised them. Because I wanted them to ask. And when they did, man, it was a joy to fulfill that promise that I made to them. Are you following me? I know there's a difference between getting my kids some late night ice cream and God stepping in to help your marriage. I know there's a difference between me promising my kids dessert and you trying to navigate all the, the brokenness that you see in the world. But y'all, I tell you what, a promise is a promise. And your good father in heaven will be faithful to act. He will always keep his promise. So come before him with thanks. Come before him with lament and with petition for what you need. He is there. He's listening, and he wants to give you what you need. So what do you need? How do you need God to move in your life? Do you need some late-night ice cream? Maybe. I don't know. Do you need some daily bread? I think you might. Do you need some restoration in your relationships? Probably. Do you need a new roof on your house? I don't know. I did. And now I thank God for it. God wants you to bring it before him who is listening, and he wants to lead you to peace through the practice of prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience the peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And this is number three, petitions. Bring your petition before the Lord. Which brings us up to our final suggestion our final practice, and that is intercession. Intercession. Now, some of you, for some of you, this might be a word you've heard before but never really understood, so let me break this down quickly. Where petitioning is about you individually asking God to come and, and move and keep his promises to you. Intercession is to intercede in prayer. is about others. It's about asking God to move and fulfill his promises to someone else. And this is the practice that we heard in our opening scripture from 1 Timothy 2. I'm just going to read this one more time. It says this. The Apostle Paul writes, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by the godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Did you catch that in 1 Timothy? That God wants you to ask him to move and keep his promises in the lives of other people. Man, our God is good. 
God wants us to ask him and, and to stand between God and the world that he so loves and intercede on their behalf, often in ways they don't even know what they need, with requests they don't even know how to make. God wants to ask him to help them and to help one another. In all things you see, in all things you're grateful for, God wants you to stand in the gap and thank him on behalf of others. God wants you to ask him on behalf of others. Step up and say, thank you, Father. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Father. Keep intercede with gratitude. God also wants you to intercede with lament, right? In all the things that you see and grieve in the lives of, of your friends and your family, stand in the gap and mourn with those who mourn. And then say, Father, I beg you to keep your promise and make all things work together for good in them. God, I beg you, Father, I beg you to keep your promise to them by bringing peace. Father, I beg you to move in ways that are consistent with your loving and kindness and compassion in their situation. Father, just bring peace. Father, bring justice. Father, be near to the brokenhearted. This is, this is the practice of intercession. It's you, friends, asking God to move, not just in you, but in those around you, to be God in their pain, to be God in their problems, to be God in their celebrations, to be God in their seasons uh, of hardship, but also their seasons of celebration, to be God in the lives of others, and to do so, God's saying, to do so through, through your life, through our lives, to make ourselves available for God to use to fill that gap between conflict and their future peace, to use your story to help them know what chapters might come next, to use your passions and your provision and your gratitude to, to help inspire freedom in them and reconciliation and maybe even prosperity and, and as God's kingdom comes and his will is done in them just as it is in heaven. This is what we see through the practice of intercession. A great example of this was this past Sunday night when we were all gathered. 20, 30, almost 30 of us were gathered in the lobby after an amazing potluck, by the way. I don't remember who won the best food, but some, anyway. This past Sunday night, we were all gathered for the practice of prayer, and, and the room was reminded of some things that some folks in our community were experiencing that were just really hard. And so what did we do? Do we just talk about it? Do we lament it? Do we feel bad about their situation? No, we brought it to the Lord. We asked him to move in their lives. We asked them to, to bring peace to the foot pain and to addiction and employment problems and future surgeries. We, as God's kids, we stood in the gap between our Father in heaven, his Father's promises and their future problems, and said, let your kingdom come. We stood in the gap and said, let your will be done. And what happened? Were they healed? Were the problems instantly fixed? I don't know. But what I do know is that God heard our prayers because God was listening and he promises to act on the prayers of the righteous. He promises to act. Why? Because he loves us. And 1 Timothy 2 says that God wants all to be saved and understand the truth. So friends, let us, let us grow in our communication with God. Talking with the God who listens. Let's take, let's take prayer to the next level through the practice of gratitude. There's so much to be grateful for. Just look around. Thank God for it. Thank God for the pews. Thank God for the chairs. Thank God for the bread that was freshly baked by people in our community. Thank God for the legacy, the history of this church, and also the future that is coming. 
We thank God for all the things. We just thank God for it. But we, we need to also practice lament, right? And, and see what isn't good and, and, and feel it and allow it to affect us. Feel it so much that we bring it back to God in petition. Petition for us and intercession for others until his kingdom comes for good. Y'all, this is how we grow up in prayer, by talking with the God who listens. This is how we grow up. So as we close today, since we're not having our, our prayer practice tonight, here's what I just want to encourage you to do. I'd I just want to encourage you to bring these practices home. Grab one of these things on your way out. Put it in your car, put it in your bathroom mirror, put it on your bed, put it on your pillow, I don't care. Put it somewhere that you'll see regularly. Take this card and live with open eyes this week to see the good. Ask God to show you all the good, all the miracles happening in and around you. Then ask God to, to show you what's wrong, to give you eyes to see all the things that aren't quite right, and to give you a heart of, of lament to grieve with those who are grieving. Then I just ask you, petition God to move in you. Petition God to move in your life, to bring correction to all the things that are broken, to bring peace to all the things that are at conflict. Petition God for you and intercede for others that God would move in them. It's really not all that complicated, right? Just open your mouth and say something. Because God is listening. And he wants to meet you in your day. The first, first Peter 5 says it like this, and I'd like to end with this scripture. This promise, this benediction over you. So if, if we could just all stand, this is going to be it. So why don't we stand and, and just receive this as a blessing over your life. Let this, let this be a reminder as you go. And then we're going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss you, but let this be a reminder as you go. From 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Let me say that one more time. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're so grateful for who you are. We ask that you would, that you would move in this place, God, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in and around us, just like it is in heaven. God, we ask for daily provision. We celebrate all the things that you've given us. And God, we also grieve all that is wrong in and around us. So God, we ask that you would just move. We're petitioning, we're calling upon your name to fulfill your promises in this community, to be near to the brokenhearted, to, be, to bring comfort to those that are hurting, God. We ask that you would just, that you'd be so close to us, God, and that we would, that we would actually, God, that you would move in the lives of, of everyone here, God, that you would give us what we need. And God, that you would lead us and protect us as we go. So God, we're grateful for this time that we, can, that we can be in your presence. We're grateful for times that we can sing and, and hang out and laugh and smile. God, we're grateful for times that we can gather and just be with you and talk with you because we know that you're listening. So God, in this moment, we ask that you would just again lay heavy on us and meet us in this place. Because God, we know that you're listening. Help us be grateful. Give us eyes to see what's broken. Give us the courage to ask for help. And God, give us the, 
Give us the faith to ask you to step in in the lives of others so we might talk with you, so we might grow in our connection with you and our, in our relationship. No more directives. Let's keep it as dialogue. So God, we love you and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we all said amen, amen. Hey, thanks for being here, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. Make sure you grab some stuff on your way out. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, eh? All right.